0: You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully, some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram and fivecardguys.com. With me, co hosting as usual, is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards. John is off this week, but joining us for this Friday episode, episode 123, is our friend Chris Begg, who recently coached the Canadian junior national baseball team with Hyung late last year. And Chris also has plenty of experience as a pitcher himself, notably. Competing in the 2004 and 2008 Summer Olympics for Team Canada, as well as the 2006 and 2009 World Baseball Classic. Chris, great to have you join us today.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to get to talk about cards and baseball. What could be better?
0: (laughs) Nothing can be better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I know the World Baseball Classic just ended, but Chris, just curious, what did you think about the tournament this year and how has it changed since you competed? Um, almost 20 years ago now.
1: Yeah, um, I think, uh, I guess I have a unique perspective, especially being in the very first one, and and it was Mm -hmm. uh, brand new. Um, Nobody knew what to expect. Nobody knew the draw that it would would have in fans. And, uh, you know, in the end of it, I think it was pretty successful. But when we fast forward to this year, I mean, I think it was undoubtedly the the most exciting one that we've seen so far. It was... Mm -hmm. Incredible. I mean, I will never watch, a, you know, pick to an Italy and whoever game over in Taiwan at <laughs> seven in the morning. But I'm sitting there locked in to these games. Like it, it's it was insane, right? You start learning all these players right. and watching all these players and seeing someone telling you, like, you know, you look at the rosters beforehand, and they're a bunch of you know, so to speak, no neighbors, nobody we've ever heard of over sure. here. And then all of a sudden you watch me like these guys are all throwing like 94 miles an hour on the on the bump. And like why are these guys not playing in the States? And so it's uh, it was pretty incredible watching. I was locked in. I was, it was so exciting. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, we loved it. We talked about it in a previous podcast as well. How exciting it was. Um, is it like hockey, you know, where the rest of the world catches up eventually? Um, you know, over that time, do you see like different countries getting better progressively over the years?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think we have, and I I think we hope that it does continue in that trend. I mean, one of the reasons that, you know, years ago, you know, gets taken out of the Olympics every now and then, um, the argument was that it's not a global game and I don't think you can argue that anymore. You know, that's, it's, it's worldwide. It's in, in Europe and Africa and, and Oceania and, um, you know, obviously Asia, North America, South America. So, I mean, I don't think that argument has a leg to stand on anymore so um you know i hope it's going to be in the olympics for years to come and not come out and wbc uh, creates the the draw and interest that it did this year and you know social media was blowing up the whole tournament i mean that was all it was um so i you know i think uh it's incredible and i think it just did such a, a great thing for the sport as a whole
0: yeah totally agree and uh, yeah really appreciate your insight there um, I should also mention you're also a big card collector as well. So before we start this episode, do you want to share what you told us before about working at a card shop back in the day?
1: Yeah, back way back in the day. So it's funny, the one <laughs> thing I didn't tell you about, like how I first got into it, though, um, I don't know if you guys remember the old Olco gas stations. Oh, yeah. And Olco used to hand out stacks of 1988 Tops cards. And ever, oh, I remember, wow. you know, driving by, and I just asked my dad to fill up gas yes all the time. Right? Because <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted the cards. And I got stacks of these 1988 Topps cards, I'm not knowing anything, but looking at the back of it and memorizing all the stats. I remember like. One of them, I think it was, it was either an 88 or an 89 card, Bob Dernier or Bob Dernier, if you throw the French accent on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I looked at it, it he this guy hit 750 one year. I thought that was incredible, but he only had four bats, right? So it's like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy's a hall of
1: famer. So, you know, it, it, that's that's kind of what got me into it. But then, yeah, uh, it wasn't too much uh, after that that. My brother and I opened up a card store and I was in the basement. My mom had a a retail store of gift baskets and in the basement of the store um we opened up a card shop and nice. it was called the card seller you know C E L not uh S E L and yeah. uh yeah. so that's what we did we you know it was in the the peak of the, the junk wax and everything when there were right. you know 45 million of every card printed off and everything <laughs> was over but it was the best you know it was it was amazing and uh you know I'd remember I'd be running the shop by myself um you know I would have been you know, 10, 11, 12 years old running that wow. store by myself. <laughs> you know, my mom's upstairs, but I'm I'm running it by myself and, you know, right. selling cards and everything. And and my brother would, would pay me, he's four years older than I am. He'd, he'd pay me in product. So I was like, this is <laughs> oh, I get, perfect. I get the wholesale prices, <laughs> I get, I'm going to spend my money on cards anyway. So I might as well just take packs of 92 upper deck all day long. So this is great. right? So that was, yeah, uh, yeah that was kind of my story getting into it. And it was just nice. such a great hobby back in the day, right? As a kid, that's what you, that's what you did.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that story. Amazing yeah. story. <laughs> Alright, you're the perfect guest host to have on. That's, that's the reason why we wanted you on um, in addition to um, all your other accomplishments. Alright, so for today's episode, we'll be talking mostly baseball and baseball cards. Uh, just because it is opening day, the day we're recording is opening day, the best day of the year, right? Um, and the big thing that everyone seems to be talking about in baseball, of course, is how will all the rule changes affect the game this year. You know, If you don't know what we're talking about, you're probably not a big baseball fan, but all these rule <laughs> changes are to hopefully entice new fans to the game. All right, so just quickly, the three big ones are, of course, the pitch clock where pitchers will now have 15 to 20 seconds to throw a pitch, uh, which will or should definitely speed up the game. Two, the bases themselves are bigger, which the league hopes to encourage more teams to steal bases. And three, there's a ban on shifts, which means none of the four infielders can play shallow outfield, and two infielders have to be on either side of second base when the pitch is delivered, which will prevent easy outs for um, you know pure pull-hitting batters. Um, so all that said, do you guys think this will actually help get more people interested in watching professional baseball? And in turn, from a hobby perspective, do you think that will translate into more interest in baseball cards? What do you think, here
2: I think, will, will that get back into Olympic sport? <laughs> you know, the speed <laughs> of the game. That's what they wanted, right? right? And, you know, overall, I think I think it's good for, for the game. I was a purist before. Like, you know, me and Beggar go way back. Like, it's all about old school baseball. You know, that's what we love, right? So, yeah, we're, we're all about, like, speeding up the game now. It, it entertains, you know, the fans a lot more. Um, yeah, and coming from a baseball purist, I think it's just, uh, you know, at first – It was more of a, like, I'm I'm not so sure, but I think overall they're marketing to a, like a bigger audience and, you know, Mm. it's, it's going to definitely help, I think in general in the baseball scene. So I'm all for it. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Chris?
1: I'm, uh, I think I'm more of a purist than young here. So I'm, I'm, I actually, (laughs) overall, I hate it. I hate it. So the big one is the, the pitch clock. I hate the pitch clock. Um, I actually don't mind the bases if it's promoting running, cause I think that's really exciting, yeah. the running, the running aspect and, and, you know, it's, you know, four seconds of, um, anxious entertainment, uh, you know, action. So I, mm-hmm. I actually like that if it's going to promote stealing, uh, the shift, I don't mind either just to get, get back a little bit to how the game is, you know, supposed to be played and not, uh not the data analysis and everything about where guys trend and everything. It just, you know, I think we'll see more athletic plays, more, um, highlight reel plays and everything like that. But yeah, so I don't mind that one, but the pitch clock, I, I hate the pitch clock. You know, if the whole, um, the whole intent is to speed up the game to get more viewers. I think we're catering to a casual viewer who you're not going to get somebody excited about a two and a half hour game. If they're not excited about a three hour game, you know, it's, it's not going to do the trick. So, um, I don't like it. I don't like the pitch clock, but, um, you know, I guess it's to be seen in the future, you know, the results
2: of it and everything, but, um, no, I, I'd get rid of that one if that were me. The other ones I'm good with. Okay. And I, I think adaptation, like as like these new ideas come where we're always like, oh, you know, we don't like it at first. And then as you know, it develops, you realize, you know what it does Trim up the time. That's that's why I say normally I'm on I'm on the side like with beggar like I'm I'm all about, you know, keep the game the way it is, like even the robot umps. But then, you know, because as a baseball purist, you're always like, you know, that's what baseball is all about. The umpires are part of the game. Like all this is part of the game. But, you know, that's I think that's the evolution of baseball. You know, five years down the road, we're gonna look back and we're like, man, it, it was so slow paced. Right. If, if you think about it and it totally changes strategies now uh, of the game. So I think, you know, right now with with all this going on, I would have normally said, you know, dump it all. But the the way everything is going in terms of even like uh, you watched the World Baseball Classic. It was it, going back to how like uh, crazy that was as a as a fan, you know, mm. and we only have that access because we have the Internet now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we didn't have this access before, where you know we could literally watch every single game, you know, and stream the whole, uh, you know, WBC. So for me, it's it's all about growing the game, and I think in this digital world, you know, our attention spans obviously a lot slower than you know what what they were in the past, and we want uh, more thrill in the sport. So like. I'm still both ways. When I coach, it's gonna be it's gonna be, you know, old school, but you know, as a as a fan, I'm I'm not disliking it. I think that's part of the reason, like we said, you know, what if this is the the segue into back to Olympic sport, if that's kinda like the you know, the the deciding factor we'll say.
1: Sure. Yeah, that that would be great. Um, you know, I'm waiting to see how creative some of these pitchers and players get to to manipulate that. The, the pitch clock and everything saw so one today actually we had the Yankees game on and Garrett Cole was throwing and he was going to get called for a violation so he just called the catcher up called time called the catcher out. counts as a visit for the catcher mm. but he doesn't get charged with throwing a ball right so right. just something like that a little bit and there going to be there going to be things you know I I I've thought of oh, a couple sure. that I haven't seen happen yet and uh, there was know, uh, like,
2: the Acuna stealing too do you guys see that. No, so so basically, work. lefty lefty pitcher on the mound. He picks off twice, because and then now he has to deliver a pitch. So is out there, like huge lead. He steals <laughs> yeah. the bag so easy. This guy might steal sixty bags.
1: Yeah, I mean you 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 can pick over a third time, right? But if you, you don't, you got to get him get out. Him, yeah, if you don't, then it's a balk and he gets the base. Right. So that's why, like, I I don't necessarily hate that just because it does promote running and i think that is such an an exciting part of the game you know i'd love to see you know mm-hmm. back in like the 80s when you see guys with whatever 50 60 70 80 stolen base and you know, ricky henderson's an anomaly but you know those big numbers that's exciting you know that's exciting for fans if you mean, like don't yeah, give me the sure. pitch clock give me just give me running <laughs> give me speed that's exciting
0: <laughs> no i well you know what like I guess from a fan perspective, I haven't played um, at the pro level like you guys, so this is like purely from a fan perspective. I I love all the changes. Sorry, Chris, I love the pitch clock. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I, but you know what? I'll say this as a as a baseball viewer, like at home watching it, I love it. Right, but when I'm at the stadium. I, I'm gonna feel rushed. Like I usually love going to the concession stands, taking my time, enjoying the atmosphere. Now I'm gonna miss like three innings if I take too long. You know what I mean? Well, like- <laughs> that's a
1: that's a whole different aspect of the concessions. I thought this is, this is probably going off the deep end a little bit here, but I mean, I don't know how the concessions all work with who makes the revenue, whether if it's the stadium, the team, or if it's outsourced. Oh, yeah, sources. Yeah. Right. But I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they don't make as much money in two and a half hours as they do in three hours. And they're not going to end up, you know, footing the bill for that and losing revenue. So they're just going to end up char- like charging more for their hot dogs and beer, or whatever it is. And that's going to come back on the fans. So now the fans are paying more for that same product that is shorter. So that's a
0: good point. Well, you know, that's
1: something I thought about how it's going to steamroll a little bit. And now, I mean, going to a game or whatever is already so expensive. You're, you know, you could be five hundred dollars for a family of four, and now it's just going to be a little bit more. So, you know, uh, all those things are going to add up a little bit. I think.
0: Or. While you're talking, you know, like it might be like football, you know, like they have the tailgating parties before the game, you know, like if it's two and a half hours, you got one hour of just like partying before the game and you got more people coming to the game. If this is, you know, if this works the way it's supposed to, getting more fans and more viewers to come to the ballpark, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be great.
1: So I I was a casual (laughs) football fan and I've gone to two Bills games in my life when I was in college. Okay. And we, we tailgated at seven in the morning. We were the first ones in the parking lot, did that twice. I be, I became a fan. That, got me, yeah, right, that right. got me into it. It wasn't shortening the game, it was actually lengthening yeah. the whole entertainment day. Right. So that was uh, that was fun.
0: So I'm saying I don't know if you could do that for eighty home games <laughs> for baseball. <laughs> you know, at least football, you yes, it's a very short season, but um you know, anything you have, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how things play out. I guess from a hobby perspective, I know we're talking a lot of baseball, but like if you have more people watching, obviously that's a good thing for the hobby. Generally you're hoping that some Percentage of that audience will convert to being coming becoming card collectors, but also I think I think you were talking about it, Chris, but like the running game, like having more excitement in the game. That's not just about hitting home runs. I mm-hmm. think that could translate into the hobby in that we're not just collecting home run hitters. You know, mm-hmm. right now it's just like if you don't hit home runs, um, the card's going to have a cap in terms of value. Like Aaron Judge obviously blew up last year, but like you know you don't see like thirty stolen bases. It's not that exciting right mm-hmm. but 50 or 60 stolen bases like oh okay now we're talking you know that like Corbin Carroll if he does that that was the um, guy that came to my right? mind right there yeah his rookie card like it's gonna pump his value a lot more than in another regular season where it's the same old rules and it's capped at 20 30 stolen bases right
2: I, I was thinking the same thing where you know the running game you know might play a bigger factor in kind of like value of players at first it was like well you know batting average, home runs, you know, all that is what you look look for, but then it definitely will hit the scale on the WAR level, stealing sure. more bags, being more active on on the base paths, like doing more damage that way, and I think that's what they're trying to do in general. So it's it's uh I I was thinking about that. It would would the value of, you know, someone who steals more go up because the the WAR value and then would Home run hitters in the past have more value because maybe, you know, the game changes where it's not as much, you know, long ball, because if, if people are just trying to win, you know, they're going to realize that like speed, speed does a lot, you know, the, the yeah. pace of the game, the speed of the game, having fast runners. So, yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see kind of like how this changes the game and it will change the game. It I, like I've I have a feeling it's gonna it's it's definitely gonna speed up the game, which which I think is gonna be a lot more entertaining for the fans.
1: Yeah. I'll just I'll tell you as a as a player, I never minded pitching against the big power hitters. That that's not what bothered me. I hated those dynamic little players that would just fly on the base path. You know, the two right. guys that I remember the most were Michael Bourne, who I know him, yeah. you know him very very well, yeah. and uh, Joey Guthright. Those two guys, I hated pitching against them just because of speed. It wasn't had nothing to do with power. Mm. It was just pure speed. I did not yeah. want them on the base paths, right? So it's you're you're working almost extra hard so to speak, you know, when they're hitting to 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 avoid getting them on first base cuz they're looking to go. And I think if we can get guys like that back in the game and, and showing that that caliber of 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 that part of the game and, and the speed aspect of it and just stealing and running and, you know, going first to third or second or whatever it is, then that's exciting for fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one more thing before we go on to our next discussion, um, the ban on shifts, like at first, um, I didn't like the ban because I'm a huge stats geek. I love, Playing with stats, I'm like, yeah, if uh, you know Freddie Freeman hits to the right side 90% of the time, why not? Why not throw your third baseman to the shallow right? But, um, but I think thinking about it a little bit more, the on shifts. I'm hoping that you're gonna see some like really good defensive plays. Like this mm-hmm. is gonna step up the the defensive side of things. And I think that could also be, you know, part of the highlight reel on a daily basis. You know what I mean? And that might increase the excitement of the game. You know, like rather than getting, uh, Freddy, I'm I'm just using, he's just in my mind. I'm just picking on him, (laughs) but rather than like getting him ground out from a shallow right to first base, you know what I mean? Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that works
2: out. When was the shift, uh, implemented? Like when did teams, it's, it's when Moneyball kind of came out and the whole, you know, analytical world, uh, was kind of the forefront. I I would say like mid two thousands, maybe. That's when Probably, teams really started. Sounds like right. it was even later. In that. It's well, wild. Like wrong, when, but. when, when, when he, when like you see it because we play, we coach the junior national team together, so we play, you know, minor league, minor league teams sometimes down in like spring training and stuff, and you know they practice the shift, and I'm just sitting up there, it's like, man, like you bunt, like <laughs> it's just like it's there, it's that's a base hit.
0: You know, but to that, you know, that's the point, right? Like, how exciting would that be? I know, but (laughs) that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a battle of playing the
2: game and you know, capitalism, kind of. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) But hits are good. I mean, if you're talking about for the fan experience, unless you're a baseball purist, like I, like I'm, I'm good with a big, good old one nothing pitchers duel. But most fans aren't, right? They want to see runs. And if you ban the shift, now you add, you know, more hits fall in or get through holes. Now you're adding more runs. So that's a way of increasing that excitement, fan experience and and everything
0: without doing things like the pitch clock, which I hate. (laughs) (laughs) We'll agree to disagree there. (laughs) All right. um, Good talk. Now for our other discussion we have planned to talk about today is the big news from Fanatics in partnership with Major League Baseball. And that's all rookies playing in their first MLB game. I saw Jordan Walker actually wear one today when they played against the Jays. Um, They're on their uniform. They have a special patch on the arm that says MLB debut. Then that patch will be taken off and inserted into a baseball card as a one of one, which can be found in a pack by one lucky collector. Um, you guys excited about that as much as I am?
2: Of course, oh, I love it. You know, we, we we talked about this on a previous podcast. You know, where you know this is exactly Fanatics Alley. You know, I I find absolutely nothing wrong with this and i want to see more of it where you know let's just say you know somebody hits home run number 500 it's like you you could use memorabilia from that day and you know be able mm, to right. implement it in chases throughout cards where it's not rookie chasing only you know this is like this it's it's almost like what they're trying to do with tops now you know make a set that it's like wow remember this moment you know, we created a card. This is like on steroids, right? Like Fanatics is, you know, basically, you know, the capability that they have with all this memorabilia now to put in the chase, you know, as a sports card collector, I'm way more excited about that because, um, you know, that changes the user experience big time. And, you know, we all love the hobby. We all love ripping. And if, if it becomes a lot more... I guess, uh, worth it to rip. The ROI becomes worth it. I think it will bring people, you know, back into kind of like that space. I'm just excited because Young's going to be
1: ripping all these uh, packs and I'm going to pick up all the scraps that he doesn't want. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually was was watching. I saw that same thing. Jordan Walker, got his first hit. And the first thing I kind of looked Mm -hmm. for, because I knew about this, right, was that patch. And I saw, I was like, wow, like that's going to be, it's like it's gonna, gonna be huge it's gonna be huge right this can yeah. be massive you're gonna i you know, mean i think you're gonna see you know a lot of money being thrown around for these patches I, i'm hoping they don't look like a manufactured patch because those yeah. ones I, I don't like the manufactured patch yeah. so those are kind of cheesy to me but right. these ones will look really good but then i started questioning when are we going to see some like uh, cross promotions or whatever uh, with branding and other companies? Like I was thinking, like the the Padres—they've got the Motorola patches on their jerseys, right? So when are we going to see like a Fanatics mm. tops or whatever Motorola card, you know, out there <laughs> yeah. and, and see like one of ones Motorola <laughs> or whatever? It's like it's like a, and a, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we do, if we see that uh, sooner rather than later because if there's money to be made, somebody's gonna to dive in with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you guys. I'm pretty excited about it. Like, you know, um, you're saying, Chris, like, I don't know how much those are going to go for once they're actually in packs. Like, imagine an Anthony Volpe or Jackson Churio, one-of-one oh. one MLB patch. It's thousands, right? It's going to be, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's not going to be in my eBay search. I'll <laughs> 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 oh, tell you guys. Uh, it's, it's, just a, it's just fun to look. Absolutely, look at <laughs> 100% um do you you guys expect to see anything like this in other sports like um basketball could easily do i think
2: i think you need to i think it it becomes a standard of that user experience that we talked about you can't you know i i I think it works well in baseball but yeah other sports make sense like there's i I don't know about tennis though we're gonna have to be creative there but it's (laughs) like you know part of his polo or you know, yeah, you'll, you'll get the little like Ralph Lauren uh, Polo <laughs> yeah. symbol or whatever in a card or something.
0: No, you, you could add, you could add a patch anywhere on his shirt. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: but going back to basketball, can you imagine like a Victor Wembanyama NBA debut patch? Yeah, yeah, for patch?
2: sure. Yeah, that'd be that's, sick. That's
0: at least five figures there, right? So,
1: well, NBA well, does better than any sport, I think, of marketing its players and everything, right? So, you know, they probably and, and have the, the way they branded
2: the the logo man. Yeah. You know the way they branded the logo, man. That would be a huge chase more than I think the MLB debut, because yeah. I think the rich history and now that you know Fanatics has kind of like that tops, uh, tops Chrome basketball, right. right or whatever. However they're gonna do it, I don't know. Uh, but you know having having that true one of one logo, man. I think would be massive.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, opening day. Um, I think. Some of the games already ended when we started recording this, and um, yeah, if you're a Jays fan, like we all are, that was a wild game. That, that was went back and forth. Game. <laughs> yeah, good start. Saint Louis really hours of beautiful <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, I thought this was to speed up the game, but um, but yeah. I guess when the score's ten to nine with thirty plus combined hits, yeah, perfect. You, yeah, yeah, you can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> um but anyway that's our friday episode thanks again for all our listeners and subscribers tuning in uh, we'll have a regular full-length episode on tuesday chris thanks again for joining us and actually you'll be back for our tuesday episode so um yeah for people that uh, liked uh what chris brought to the show well you're in for a treat uh on tuesday uh, we will see you then bye hey thanks for listening to cards to the moon We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at Five Card Guys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at FiveCardGuys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.